0: We usually as human beings are quite busy, constantly engaging in activities, trying to get something through different type of work, getting new friends. Partner, a new job, a new car, or whatever we are looking for, most of our days are spent being very busy doing things for some result and from some aim. There may be small aim or bigger aim, but in a sense we never get tired. Of trying to get something. It seems that the desire that is pushing us to look for something, something else, is never ending. Although when we get what we wanted and sometimes we may spend a lot of energy to get what we wanted and we may discover that actually that does not bring all the satisfaction that we were hoping for. So we may believe that maybe that was not the proper situation, that was not exactly what I should have found, something was slightly uh, awkward, therefore one again engaged in a new situation, desiring something else, slightly different. One is never tired, one never questioned this movement of looking for something, who desire. Coming to a retreat one may believe that it's quite different now I will try to engage in a spiritual practice to follow a spiritual path so there is something very different from more worldly activities now the weekend, so imagine many people are not spending the weekend as we are doing sitting quietly, peacefully, many may be much more dynamic in doing other kind of activities and we may believe that we are not looking for the same thing. They are looking for something else, drink or whatever. We are looking for peacefulness. So what we are looking for is quite different. But maybe we are looking in a different way. Yet it may still be the same thing that we are looking for, looking for through all our desires, through all the objects, situations that we try to get all on. Maybe we are always looking for the same thing. Maybe we, what we are trying to, to do, to read, it is to fulfill a deep sense of unsatisfaction within ourselves. Maybe it is to try to fulfill some sense, deep sense of life, and we try again and again through different means to feel this life. So we try in many different ways, but the source of all our attempts, the source of all our desire, the source of all our energy, may still be the same sense of life. The same sense of incompleteness, the same sense of unsatisfaction. Yet we must know somewhere within ourselves that there must be some full satisfaction. There is within all of us a certainty that it is possible somewhere to get it. Otherwise why would we keep on desiring and we are really keeping on trying and trying and trying although so many times we, when we have really gotten what we wanted yet it's not full satisfaction it's not a sense of completeness, it's not a sense of fulfillment that maybe deeply we were looking for we may not always express we don't when we saw some people want to buy a new car they don't say I'm looking for full satisfaction I'm looking uh, for some ways to fulfill a deep sense of lack of course not I want to be happy therefore I want to get this new car or whatever it may be yet that thing seems to rise from this deep sense of incompleteness, this deep sense of lack that one may try to fulfill by acquiring more by getting the object situation or partnership or family. Somewhere we know that most people possible And when we are speaking about completeness, fulfillment, it's not just a sense of being fine of yes, yeah, today or in this situation I can say I'm happy the deep sense that we are looking for certain mental completeness it's really a sense of being the totality a sense that the satisfaction will be such that nothing is lacking nothing is lacking because nothing anymore is outside of it as long as we will not find that sense of complete satisfaction such that there is nothing outside of it, nothing that could be missing, will keep on trying in many ways. There will be no stopping from desiring, there will be no stopping from activity. So, that is so important in human behavior, that for psychologists, when there is more, no more desire, then they believe that a person is sick for them when this is it, it means that life exists and the, the person is very very deeply mentally disturbed so much that this sense of life is taken for granted as being natural as being our nature human nature is something very limited and the sense of life has to be accepted and therefore also this constant desiring for new situations that is our fate that is something that one cannot go beyond we will believe the psychologists and we will believe the psychologists in their own field but when we are dealing with spirituality, when we are dealing with meditation then we will not ask them to give us the truth we will not ask them to tell us the truth if we read the mistakes of any tradition then we will find in their way of expressing that this sense of completeness, this sense of totality it's something that can be experienced, it's something that is not outside of our reach, so to speak. is not something that is completely foreign to ourselves. So we may be looking for the same thing in the spiritual field, in meditation and in the world more worldly activity. Yet we are not looking at the same place. Simon Weil, beautiful friend, mystic, said that the totality that we are placing into things, into situations, that is not wrong. He said we are just placing it at the wrong place. When we try to get it, a sense of totality or our completeness, when we try to get it from outside then we are looking for it at the wrong place but we are looking for the right thing at the wrong place now that it means that in meditation meditation will be some kind of fantastic technique machine that can make up what is lacking that suddenly through some kind of technique then we are going to fabricate it the missing part of ourselves that we can say, Oh no, I still is the tweet. I made up the missing part, and so now I'm complete and total because I found the proper way to build up the missing part. We may understand that completeness, totality, cannot be gotten from outside and that doesn't require too much inquiry. Yet we may wonder then if it can be found inside, how can we find that? How can we find within ourselves the sense of totality, the sense of completeness? If something is lacking, deeply, then where can that be hidden within ourselves? This missing part, where can that be hidden within ourselves? Hidden in such a way that we don't know where to find it. That we may even not be aware that it does exist within ourselves. How is it possible that from our limited experience to the sense of totality or completeness (coughs) in that being everything that can be hidden within the limited? How is it possible that outside being so limited we could hide the unlimited? So one may wonder... can understand that cannot be gotten from outside but can that really be gotten from inside? if we listen to the mystics of different traditions we seem to point out to that very clearly one early Sufi said that I am the truth I, mean, I am the ultimate reality While well, he said that from his death he was still for saying that but he said I am the truth the totality completeness In the time of the Buddha, the time of the Buddha, there is a story illustrating a little bit the aim of the practice. He said that when the Buddha was born shortly after his mother died, and he was born in some heaven, heaven of the 33 gods, and when the Buddha awakened after that, he wanted to go and teach her. What he had found. So he went to the heaven of the 33 gods for some time, teaching his mother. And when he was about to come down back to the earth, so that all the disciples, the great disciples, the kings and ministers, and the gods and devas, all had gathered to receive him when he would come down to earth. And at this time, one monk, he was meditating and he knew that the time was ready for the buddha to come down on earth and he was wondering should i go and should i not go should i stay in my meditation or should i go and receive the buddha Then he decided that he rather better keep on meditating now this time one nun was there and he really wanted to be the first one to receive the buddha when he came down to to the earth but he knew that being a nun he would not really be able to go right in front there so she transformed herself He certainly had uh, some kind of realization she transformed herself into a king with many um, ministers around her so she could go or he could go now being the king right there in front where the, the Buddha was uh, uh, supposed to come down in the and very respected and all the disciples of the Buddha were here in one Subutti in his meditation saw that there is a big gathering there, amazing gathering of all the main disciples of the Buddha and the King and Deva, he said, well, this gathering will very soon disperse. In a little while, everybody will be aware. In his meditation he understood the impermanence of everything, everything is changing so fast. And from that meditation he understood emptiness, that nothing does really exist. And he stayed in his meditation on emptiness, realizing that his own nature and the nature of the world was not truly really existing. When the Buddha came down to the earth, so the nun being just right in front, transforming herself. Now she was uh, she had transformed herself as a king. Now she transformed herself back to the nun. She wanted to receive the, the Buddha as a nun and receiving. But the Buddha looked at her and said that you are not the first one to pay homage to the buddha said subhuti was the first one to pay homage to the buddha because he paid homage to the truth paying homage to the truth realizing his true nature that is really paying homage to the buddha not to pay homage to say this body of birth the body who was born uh, that is not the real way to pay homage to the buddha So Subuti in his meditation realized his true nature, unlimited nature, unconditioned nature and that was from the Buddha's space, that was the way to really meet the Buddha that was the way to really see the Buddha, it was to really realize his own true nature understand that to in the Buddhist tradition to to know the Buddha, or understand the Buddha is really to know our true nature, to realize who we really are. Nothing very specific in so many traditions will find that. Now how are we going to do that to realize the sense of completeness, totality? Is a way of speaking, limited way of speaking, because that is still a positive way of speaking. We'll inquire into that aspect later. How can we realize that? What do we need to transform to realize that? In the Zen tradition there is a very short story of a student, Bashu who was meditating and his teacher came and said, what are you doing? He said, I'm trying to become a Buddha. Then his master took a tile and tried to make it very smooth with some kind of cotton. Very, he was uh, rubbing it very smoothly to make it very smooth. And when Basho uh, had finished his meditation, he went to him and said, well, What are you doing? It was very strange to see the teacher trying to rub the tile with some cotton. He said, Well, I'm trying to make a mirror. And that did seem completely absurd to Basho. So well, that the same trying to make uh, a good So wh- what does it mean then? Does it mean that it is impossible to reach the totality? Does it mean that it is impossible to realize one's own nature? So what does this example show us? Are we telling that we can never become mirror? Or maybe it is that we are already mirror and that will be completely senseless to try to make a mirror of something which is already a mirror. That maybe that when Bhattu try to become a Buddha, this becoming is something completely impossible if you were not already within himself having all the quality of being the truth as the Sufi Master said now we may wonder if we feel fragmented if the experience of ourselves is limited so what does it mean how in which way are we going to be able to find this completeness and totality is it not that this limited way that we see ourselves is in fact the totality is in fact completeness but that we are seeing it in a fragmented way (coughs) that the way we are experiencing ourselves limited way, fragmented way that fragmentation, limitation is actually the totality but because we are dealing with it because we are experiencing it in a limited way then we feel that we are limited So it's not that anything is lacking. But we are not realizing that actually we are the totality. We are not realizing actually that we are the truth. Holding to that fragmented way of experiencing, then suddenly we believe that we are this fragment. Fragment which is the totality. To be back to polishing the mirror to make a mirror believing that something else needs to be done so this aspect of ourselves which is already complete nothing is lacking no wisdom, no freedom is lacking, that is in the Buddhist tradition is called the Buddha-nature and that is our true nature, that what we are really. Now due to some habitual pattern we are experiencing this completeness, we are experiencing this freedom in a bondage way, we are experiencing that in a limited way, although nothing is lacking, although freedom is not absent. So nothing is lacking no excuse for anyone of us to so I'm very sorry I was not given at birth the, the Buddha nature so I'll leave the meditation retreat because I did not get it at birth so I'm very sorry so that our true nature being Buddhist or not Buddhist doesn't matter we'll just use different words if we did not express that in Buddhist terms well that our true nature And in our practice is only the unfolding or the revealing of what we are already. So nothing is lacking that we will need to look for outside, neither inside. Nothing is lacking. Only we will practice disbelieving in our fragmented way of believing. that will be exploring in our meditation and i will speak a little bit more about that aspect but it is important to conceive of that possibility of this buddha nature of this completeness which is there which is our true nature freedom which is our true nature because it is on the trust of that that then we can really practice we start using our practice with taking refuge it is used uh, Sanskrit terminology there just because it's very simple taking refuge is done in this way namo bodhaya, namo dharmaya, namo sanghaya namo means in the name of, in homage to the Buddha, to the Dharma, to the Sangha and to the Buddha if we follow the story from the Sutra we see that the Buddha that we are paying homage to here is our true nature. And that because we can trust that deeply, that there is no way for us but to awaken. Doesn't mean in this very instant that we will realize it, but if we would imagine in a timeless way, then our nature being the Buddha nature that's only what can happen to us and that we can trust it so that taking refuge, paying homage paying homage to this Buddha nature then the Dharma is the teaching if you like and the Sangha is a group of people who are on the spiritual path and those, the Dharma and the Sangha is what is helping us to realize the Buddha our Buddha nature so when we pay homage, no bodhaya namo dharmaya, namo sanghaya, is that we really respect our true nature, our deepest nature and that relying on the dharma, guidance our practice and the people practicing that may help us to realize our true nature. That's why we decide namo bodhaya, namo dharmaya, namo sanghaya. I believe it is important in our practice to <coughs> to recite the refuge at the beginning of a meditation. Sometimes we sit peacefully, and what's happening in our mind is not necessarily so fantastic. It's not necessarily very different from what's happening if we were sitting somewhere else. But because we are taking refuge. It means that what we are practicing the context of this practice is understood in a spiritual way that means if i am seated here distracted it's not the same as if i am seated distracted in a translation although i may have the same type of thought but here the the orientation the perspective i'm giving by taking refuge is that at some point i may realize that I did not necessarily come here to think about the future or the past or whatever but maybe to discover something slightly different. So the taking opportunity in our practice is just giving the perspective that whatever we are doing that will be understood, integrated in our spiritual practice. Even things which may be a distraction or whatever. We we'll start by taking refuge. And the second aspect is a reflection, a very short meditation that we will do at the beginning of each session about the motivation. The motivation in Buddhist tradition and in the Mayana tradition is a motivation to practice and to awaken, not for oneself only, but in order to help all sentient beings to awaken. And that also is an important perspective if we want to connect with totality of ourselves the sense of freedom if we start our practice in a perspective which is very limited to our own concern for our own sake only for our own peacefulness of mind then it is very limited and it is difficult to really open to another dimension. So, the motivation at the beginning of every practice is also very important to give a vast scope to our practice. Of course, we may not always sit and really be willing that may I do this practice, which awakening for the sake of all sense and being. When I say for the sake of all sentient beings, really feeling it and meaning it, some days we will just recite it and think about other things. But also we may slowly, it's a practice, we may slowly start to feel what we are saying. And that may open a different perspective, a different scope in our own practice. So every we will also start by motivation. I will speak much more about that. The days to come, I want you to read the dedication that the uh, Indian monk wrote in the eighth century, just as an example of the power of a mind which is which is really concerned for the welfare of other beings. So you make a prayer here. And may i be a protector for those who are, who are without protector a guide for travelers and a boat a bridge and a ship for those who wish to cross over may i be a lamp for those who seek light a bed for those who seek rest and may i be a servant for all beings who desire a servant and a long list so this fantastic attitude of trying to serve, (coughs) to help other sentient beings exactly where they need help, that is a way to open one's own mind and we speak about that, although it may seem difficult and costly, we'll see, explore and meditate on that and see how rich it is in our practice of meditation i would like us just to sit quietly for a few minutes just to start our practice we'll start with refuge and motivation and tonight just feel trying to be present to our seated position feel the way that we are sitting not concerned by anything else but just the way that we are sitting i will start by the refuge first if you wish to recite with me you do if you don't like it just don't it doesn't matter even if i'm the only one it doesn't matter namo bodhaya namo dharmaya namo sangaya namo bodhaya namo dharmaya namo sangaya namo bodhaya namo dharmaya namo sangaya And just contemplate for a few minutes the motivation that may I practice meditation in order to awaken, to be able to lead all sentient beings to awakening, to be able to help all sentient beings to get freedom from suffering.